Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. I am so happy to have you back. It is week 32 of the podcast and I'm so excited that we're just like really getting up there in terms of weeks. So excited for everyone who's really stuck through and been so supportive and I'm just really, really excited to see this podcast progressing so quickly. So if you are new to Eco Chic, this is a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura and I am a graduate student studying climate science. And Eco Chic is a fun place to share a lot of things that I, as a climate scientist, sometimes take for granted, like general climate change education or personal sustainability efforts. All in all, just important things that everyone should know about, things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. And we're just sharing personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. A lot has happened since the last episode of Eco Chic. If you didn't notice, we have a new logo. It was designed by my friend Dana Rodriguez with a lot of help from my friend Sam Reedy. So thank you guys so much for putting that together. And if you like the logo, dig this. We also have stickers now, little circle stickers with the Eco Chic logo on them. And I am really, really excited to be sending them out to everybody. I asked on social media a couple times last week for addresses if you're interested in receiving some of the stickers. And if this is the first time you're hearing about them, please, please feel free to either slide into my DMs on Instagram or send me an email address or not an email address, but in an email, your address, so that I can send you some Eco Chic stickers. I'm really excited with how they turned out and they're just so, so pretty. And I'm excited to see them all over America. So if you want some stickers, let me know. There was no new episode of Eco Chic last week because instead of putting out an episode last Tuesday, I released our very, very first PDF, which is really exciting. I worked really hard putting together a two-page document, really printer-friendly, and it's called Eco Chic, The Master List. So it's essentially just a master list of lots of tips and tricks on where you can start living your life a little bit more eco-consciously. So it breaks things down by just where to start on the big four, and then also things you can do for water and travel and energy and things like that, just breaking it down in little categories, easy, tangible things that you can implement into your life just to live a little bit more eco-chic, I guess we're going to say. So with that, if you're interested in downloading that, it's available on my website at lauraediaz.com. That's always down in the show notes below, as well as my email address and my Instagram handles, lauraediaz, and then also eco-chic podcast, where we have more specific podcast related content and I'll share little tips there also on just little things that you can do in your everyday life to be a little bit more eco-conscious. So all in all, lots of little plugs that we had to update before today's episode. Today will be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, which is exciting to talk about here on the podcast because this is such a really fun time in the year. And I love the holiday season. I don't think there's anyone who really actively is a Grinch about the holiday season in real life. Um, So I would really like to spend today talking a little bit about some sustainability tips that you can implement this whole holiday season. So for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and then just the prep in between. I think this is a time of year that we get really overwhelmed easily with the idea of abundance and needing more and needing just everything to be a lot. And it's really easy to kind of forget our eco-friendly tips throughout this season that we're going to use the rest of the year, but we don't always think about super consciously, especially throughout the holiday season when we're putting up trees and buying gifts and just making some really big meals. So with that being said, I hope that you enjoyed today's short little informative episode full of holiday tips. An easy place to start talking about sustainability when it comes to the holidays, a really obvious place where we might want to start thinking about living a little bit more sustainably, is when it comes to food and food waste. So let's start talking about Thanksgiving, for example, that's coming up this week. 
You are not supposed to compost proteins. So that means your Thanksgiving turkey leftovers should not be going in your compost bin. I've talked about compost pretty extensively here before on the podcast, but just to give you a little rundown, it is the natural way to allow your food and other organic waste to decompose with um, aerobic bacteria. So not sending your food waste and other organic products to a landfill where they would produce methane. That's what composting is. So you are not supposed to compost any turkey or proteins in general. The only thing that you're gonna be wanting to compost this holiday season and the rest of the year is essentially your food and vegetable waste. Um, This could also be eggshells and breads can go in your compost bin as well, but just no meats. It has to do with how the bacteria breaks down and interacts with the other organic materials that are breaking down in the same compost bin. And if you really want to be composting actively and correctly, you don't want to be attracting any animals into your backyard or your community compost pile or anything like that. So it's better to just be safe than sorry when it comes to compost. If you want more information about composting, I wrote a little post about it on my website and it's just called Compost 101. And then we also talked about composting pretty extensively on episode four of EcoChic if you want to go back and give that a listen. But yeah, the takeaway here is compost what you can this holiday season. There's no reason for us to be producing extra methane. And if you have a lot of extras, like an excessive amount of turkey that's left over that you can't compost, definitely consider donating it to a food bank or things that you can freeze really easily, like just other sides, um, things of the sort, so you're just not wasting as much food as you normally would be. If you live somewhere a little bit warmer, you could also definitely think about going to a farmer's market for a lot of the vegetables and sides that you're looking for for a Thanksgiving meal and just making sure that you're supporting your local farmers, buying organic whenever you can. Organic food is generally a lot nicer to the soil, so it has to do with how the soil um, regenerates itself essentially, and the food takes a little bit longer to grow, but if it's grown without pesticides, we know that we're not putting anything into the soil and leaking into our groundwater and things of the sort, so definitely consider buying local whenever you can. Um, but otherwise at least buy organic when it's necessary. I also have a post on my website, sorry to be giving like so many plugs, but I feel like there's a lot of resources that are helpful this time of year, um, of just what you should be buying organic and what actually matters buying organic, because I think that's also a really overwhelming topic for some people. Essentially the takeaway is to think about the skin of your fruit or vegetable. So if it's something really thin, like a cucumber, really absorb it. Um, You wanna be buying organic cucumbers as opposed to regularly um, commercially farmed cucumbers because they're not gonna be absorbing all those pesticides and in turn, you're not gonna be absorbing them. So there are some things that really matter um, and there are some things that don't like bananas. Like think about a banana, you're peeling off the skin, the skin is pretty thick anyway. Um, There's not really a whole lot of health benefits to an organic banana and the benefits to an organic banana are more so just like the environmental agricultural side of things. So buy organic when you can and buy organic when it's necessary. Um, And then also just think a lot about food waste and how you can kind of divert a lot of things from a landfill. After Thanksgiving, it is just about the time to be putting up Christmas trees. And if you're someone who is celebrating Christmas, it is really important to think about what kind of tree you're going to be putting up in your home. I will go ahead and start by saying that I'm a real tree person. I grew up with a real tree and I feel like I'll always have real trees. However, I've been thinking a lot about the pros of fake Christmas trees in recent years. And I think that's something really worthwhile to acknowledge because artificial trees are a really great alternative for a lot of different reasons. I think the sad thing about real Christmas trees is mostly their end of life disposal. Lots of cities are recognizing that dumping trees is super wasteful and a lot of cities are now offering pickup services specifically for Christmas trees after the holidays. And then those dry dead trees after they're collected can be made into mulch or those playground wood chips or those other materials that the city can use. So that's definitely a great way to divert a tree from a landfill. 
Definitely look into your local newspaper or on your city government's websites for disposal options because this is becoming really, really popular among city governments and city waste management sections. The deal with real trees in a landfill is that they are organic material just like food and just like other yard waste, and that probably won't have access to oxygen during the decomp process. So packed under bags, they'll just be producing methane, just like our food waste, in a landfill. Your other option would be to quite literally just leave your Christmas tree in your backyard and let it break down and decompose naturally. So this will take like eight or nine months more or less to fully decompose your tree, just FYI, but it's a really great alternative again to sending a tree to a landfill if your city doesn't have really good disposal options. Now let's talk about fake trees. Artificial Christmas trees are made with metal and PVC, which is just a petroleum derived plastic product. Given the type and cut of plastic, artificial trees are not recyclable at all. They are landfill bound once you're ready to dispose them. The carbon footprint of an artificial tree is also significantly higher than that of a real tree that has been chopped somewhere locally. About 85% of the artificial Christmas trees sold in the US are made in China. So there is a lot of resources and energy going into just bringing that tree into your home. The best, best option is bringing into your home a living potted Christmas tree. This is super, super dependent on where you live, but if you do have a local tree farm, some communities will allow you to go out to this tree farm, pick out a tree and bring it into your home for about 10 days and then have it replanted. If you live somewhere with the climate and land availability for different pine trees, I would totally look into this. Otherwise, I feel like the real debate of real versus fake tree is dependent on what you care about. If you care more about having a lower carbon footprint, definitely bringing in a real tree that has not traveled as far to you is the move. So even if you're getting your Christmas tree in South Florida and it came from somewhere in the Carolinas, let's say, that's gonna have a much smaller carbon footprint than a fake tree that came from China to Florida. If you care more about the disposal aspect of Christmas, a fake tree that you can use over the course of five or 10 years is a better option than sending a real tree to a landfill every single year. Now, the last big topic I wanna to talk about, especially following the conversation of Christmas trees, is that of gifts. I would like to start off by encouraging you to give experiences. I'm a big, big believer in giving experiences as opposed to physical gifts. The zero waste and low impact lifestyles advocate for conscious consumption. So I am by no means a minimalist, but it's important to reconsider gifting something just because you feel like you have to give something. You know what I mean? Like you don't wanna just give someone a gift that is gonna sit in the closet or eventually be returned or whatever it might be. Think about things like concert tickets or massage vouchers or a gift card to a nice restaurant. If you have a little voucher, you can put it into an aluminum tin that they sell, you know, like at the Target Christmas section and that tin can be reused in the future. If you are crafty, again, you could also definitely consider making something yourself. I've always wanted to make one of those super, super thick knit blankets as gifts, if you know what I'm talking about. I feel like they're really popular on the internet. Um, I don't knit, but I like the idea of crafting something that's just like snuggly and homemade and not necessarily a huge time commitment on my part. So that's on the topic of what you are going to give. So now let's talk about where you are giving these items. So if you are giving something like a gift card, an aluminum tin is a really great option because it can be very easily reused and also totally recyclable if the person wants to just get rid of it at the end of that one time that you're giving it to them. However, bags versus boxes is also a conversation to think about. The nice thing about bags is that they are also very easily reused. 
you stuff them with tissue paper and tissue paper is not recyclable because it is a very thin paper. Some communities allow you to recycle tissue paper, but most do not. So definitely look into that if you're really, really curious. But for the most part, I would advocate for reusing tissue paper. So just making sure that it's not very actively ripped up and you could just fold it again and use it for another holiday or for a birthday or whatever it might be. Another good thing to consider here when it comes to boxes and wrapping is that wrapping paper can generally not be recycled, especially if it's shiny. So that's most of the Christmas time holiday wrapping paper that we're thinking about. A great alternative to this non-recyclable shiny paper is brown craft paper. So it's also called masking paper if you can go to a home improvement store for it, but you could also buy it at like a Michaels or anywhere else you would normally buy wrapping paper. Brown wrapping paper is super cute. You can dress it up with twine or different ribbons or stamps if you're crafty. It is just so Joanna Gaines and really chic for the holiday season, and I am a really big fan of it. It is also totally, totally recyclable when you are done with that wrapping paper, so definitely something to consider. So I hope those little tips about food waste, trees, and gift giving are all helpful to you. If you have any additional holiday tips for sustainability, please go ahead and let me know. I would love to share them throughout the month of December especially. But otherwise, I would like to get into today's question. So at the end of every episode of Eco Chic, I like to answer some sort of question that's come up frequently, either in DMs or via email or real life or whatever it might be. And something I want to talk about today is a zero waste and vegan breakfast option. So this is sometimes a really easy meal to start if you're looking to transition your diet and your lifestyle into a just a more eco-friendly lifestyle. Sometimes it's a little bit much to give up meat altogether or if you want to go vegan but don't know how or if you want to start making zero waste meals but you don't know how. A really really easy place to start is breakfast. I am personally a huge fan of overnight oats. I feel like I talk about them all the time on my Instagram and I feel like if you know me at all, like I'm ex- like I'm so extra about my overnight oats. Like I'm just so particular about how they have to be done. And the reason that they're a great thing that I want to talk about today is because someone asked me about ratios and how do you get yourself into oats and they want to start living a little bit more environmentally friendly, but they don't know where to start, especially in the kitchen. So overnight oats, I think, are a really great solution. Basically, overnight oats are a lot like oatmeal, but they're just cold, and they do the prep overnight as opposed to cooking in a pot in that following morning or in the microwave or however it is that you normally make your oatmeal. So in order to make them zero waste, what I do is I buy rolled oats from the bulk section of my grocery store, and I pick them up in a reusable bag, and then you just pay by the pound, so it ends up being really, really inexpensive to get huge quantities of oats. I store them in actually pickle jars, so if that gives you an idea of like how many oats I buy at a time, pickle jars full of oats. It ends up being really inexpensive again, totally zero waste. And then what you wanna do is you want some sort of plant milk or water, which you can pour over the oats. So what you do generally is you get a jar, you fill it up with the amount of oats you think you're interested in eating. So I probably do like a third of a jar normally, if that's a helpful measurement. I wish I had real like cup measurements for you, but I don't. And I just like to submerge all the oats in the liquid. So I use almond milk mostly, which you can totally make yourself. So you continue to make the zero waste or you make sure you buy it in a recyclable carton. Um, So what you do is you just fill the oats up, you cover them in your liquid. So about the same amount of liquid, you just want them submerged. And then I like to add chia seeds and usually cinnamon into the liquid. And then you just store it overnight again in your fridge. So you just let it cool overnight. And generally they're done in about five hours, but I sit there all night. And just like oatmeal, you can top your overnight oats with things like apples, bananas, um, honey. If you're using an unsweetened almond milk, I really like to use honey on top of them. 
or you could do peanut butter, peaches, like whatever it is that's in season and what you really like to put anyway into your oats. Overnight oats are definitely a great move. They're a really easy breakfast to take on the go as well, which is a nice fun pro tip. But for the most part, I really like to suggest overnight oats as an easy zero waste vegan way to start your day, especially if you're just looking for like one little thing you can do to make your diet a little bit more environmentally friendly. Overnight oats are a really great place to start. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Eco Chic. Please go ahead and leave me a rate or a comment wherever you like to listen to Eco Chic. You can find us on all the listing platforms. And with that, I would love to chat with you about science or sustainability or whatever else it might be via Instagram at Laura e. Diaz or at Eco Chic Podcast. Again, if you want an Eco Chic Podcast sticker, please go ahead and send me your address because I really want to get them out to everyone. I'm just so excited that I've just been stamping up all of these pink envelopes and sending them out. I hope you're having a great holiday season thus far, and I hope to see you next week.